Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Grant. Hello there, music fans. And George. Hello, music lovers. Every 100 episodes of Flawless, we decide to come together and have a special episode where instead of nominating one album from one band, we choose a band and we all nominate a different album from the band that we all love. Uh, This will be the only time we get to do this because there is only one band where we all love a different album, so... We hope you enjoy it. We have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawlessamp where you can back us from as little as $1 a month. And for that, you get early access to our episodes and access to our bonus episodes as well. And we have a Facebook group as well. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. You can check us out online. There's a link in the show notes. And there we talk about the upcoming episodes and all stuff, flawless albums. And you can let us know if you like our episodes or not. A little bit of housekeeping as well before we get started. Mm-hmm. This is our 100th episode. Unreal. And it means, doesn't actually mean, what is going to happen is we're going to take a short break after this 100th episode. So this will be the last episode we published this year. Uh, we've been going for three years straight, fortnightly. So it's been a bit of a push. It's been a lot of effort. So we are giving ourselves a couple of months off and we will be back bright and fresh and sparkly in 2022. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That's it. Absolutely. I think we've done our dues. A hundred so. episodes, right? Yes. But I'm disappointed that he reckons we wouldn't find another band that we could be unanimous on that they are actually a super group. But we've got we've got 199 to find one. To think of one. Think yes. Of one. Yes. I, didn't, I thought we'd already compared notes and we didn't have another we're, one. But we were young. Yeah, that was years years ago. ago, That was literally years ago. This is true. Yeah, so because the concept of this episode where we all pick one album from a band, we actually came up with on the very first, like the first time the three of us sat down and had a chat, is like that could be like a special episode. So that this idea is three years in the making. Correct. And we've finally got to it. It was my entrance exam. Yeah. (laughs) Which which um, album and why? Mm. Yeah. What a question. And we haven't even mentioned the band. No. So, well, welcome to episode number 100. 100! OMG! They said we'd never make it, except nobody ever said that, because everyone seems to be fine with us doing what we're doing. (laughs) They're interacting with us quite well. Yes. Mm. I'm enjoying that. That's nice. No one seems to be against us. who would have thought we'd have made it to 100 episodes when we started in The Edge um, at the State Library, and we were using our equipment, and it was really, really cool, and then Liam decided that he had disposable income, and went, I want to buy all the best podcasting equipment there is and i'm gonna learn all the editing i've there got is. this yeah, yeah I've i'm got gonna this. i'm gonna nail this because i don't have enough hobbies um, <laughs> and then he uh, turned flawless into something even bigger and we've had countless guests yes and we've gone through literally up until this episode 99 albums actually more than that oh, because wait, on because girls, of girls rock, rock we did like eight episodes eight are. albums per episode oh and then goodness. on the one where we did um I can't remember their name now. The one I went down to Melbourne, Charlie Bliss. I was going to say Candy Bliss, but it's Charlie Bliss. Uh, they did two in an episode. They did. We did a shared thing where they mm. shouted about two. So it's more than a hundred albums. More than hundred, like and and to be fair, and to give him his credit, Liam is the only one that has shown up to every single episode. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. Because due to life, sickness, unwellness, and um, etc., um, Liam is the only one that's like the stale walk there mm. here for flawless. Um, Owns it. Mr. 100. Yeah, Mr. 100. But also, Mr. Centurion. If we were still at the edge, I don't think we'd have made it to 100. 
it was it was too, too hard, hard to coordinate all three of us. Like you listen back to those first episodes, and there's more episodes with one of us not there than with all three of us there because mm-hmm. we had a time that we were locked into. Mm, and if someone said, "Oh, I'm not feeling well," it was just like, "Well, you just you can't Tough. be on this episode." We've got guests lined Good up, even if it's just the three of us. We were we were mm-hmm. on our way. We had to go. Yeah, Whereas we have with, had duos. Yeah. Which do we count them Duets. as flawless or not? And solos. So there's one right from the start where it was just me and really? a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and Dom Miller. And that was back also when we were getting people to, for one of their albums, they'd pick from our shortlist. So we would oh. sort of have their backs yes. in the episode. Whereas now we've just sort of thrown that away because it doesn't really hurt sure. that much for them to just dive into it. Yeah. And because he picked an album from my shortlist for one of his episodes, it was like, well, the two of us both think this is flawless. It's like a tick. Everybody, everybody agrees from the start. Yeah. Whether it officially counts or not, I leave that up to the internet to decide. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the World Wide Web. Hey, yeah. and, and and the, we presented, we did it in the library as well, South Brisbane. Was it? Um, yeah, yeah. So then we moved to yeah to Garden City Garden Library City. at the time because it was big and open oh, and quiet. Oh, we did. Yeah. yeah. And you were once in a gym. We yes, I was going to say we did it in the gym once. We did it in, in did the gym in Grant's building in because. Gym. We got all the way to Garden City and I realized I'd left the key at home and I was way out on the north side. So there was no way I could drive all the way north side and come back in time to do it. So Grant kindly offered up his gym. And if you have a look on our Instagram, there's a photo with that was with Cara yeah. where we, we piled cool. into the gym and <laughs> did our thing. So What's the name of, the, of her pub again? Her, in, 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 uh, Netherworld. One of the owners of Netherworld. And also her yes. podcast is Cruising for a Review, yeah, where she it's. reviews Tom Cruise movies. And she's eager because he's got a bunch lined up ready to go and come out. And I think she wants them for her new episodes, but there's COVID is also putting pauses on everything. So socks. she's got all her things lined up ready to go, but she just needs those movies to come out so she can start. So Flawless has been on quote the journey mm. to come to the 100th episode. It has. Well, after the gym, <sighs> we've been here, haven't we? I mean, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And we've main. made friends. So think, lots of friends. I think since you moved into the city, we decided it was easier to do it here because everybody could get here. So Yep. Mm. That's been doing true. Stay place ever since, except yep. for a couple of detours out to my place in the valley, just north of the valley. So we're Brisbane centric, but mm. we've had international guests too. We have ever since we got the P eight. Yes, as well. We've had people from America mm-hmm. join us, um, and so oh man, what a journey it's been! Like for a podcast, and you know what? My partner actually doesn't really listen to music but really enjoys listening to our podcast talking about the passion we have for the music cool so i i think that's like testament to what we've been doing for these like 100 episodes totally just a random the the last stats that you referenced was thirty thousand listens yes have you got anything more recent because i still find that as an unbelievable number i think we're up to between 32 and thirty-three thousand now so yeah that's really cool it's it's one of those things where you don't, you can't compare numbers to other podcasts sure. because some people are like, yeah, I got, you know, I, I did a hundred episodes and I got a thousand listens because they're so super niche, but they, yes. you know, they're targeting at that certain audience. And then some of them are like, we've got advertising or, you know, when people are talking about advertising on podcasts, they're like, unless you've got 50,000 listens a month, don't even bother don't about even, it yeah. because it's, you know, you won't get the reach to get, to be able sure. to get money out of it. So there's, you know, we're not at 50,000 a month, but we're not at, you yes. know, we're, we're yeah. We're a fair way from that, but fingers crossed we can get there one day. Let's not have adverts. No. that's We we actually have had a few people reach out to us and say, you know, a little bit of advertising on the front, you know, even before we start talking about levels or whatever. And it's just not something that I've ever been super keen on. Plus, 
the one of the things that people tell us they like about the podcast is that we actually play the music. Uh, we do have a license, and we are also within copyright requirements, definitely for Australia. We're a little bit dodgy outside of that. But one of the other things is there's no point coming after us because we don't make any money. <laughs> Whereas as soon as we start having advertising and running it as a business and making money off other people's copyright, then we... a problem. Yeah. So I'd rather just not have the problem and just be listener-funded, which is awesome. And thank you to all of our Patreon people who back us. Mm. All three of you. Four. Sorry, there, there was a new guy on Twitter who literally tweeted, I'm going to listen to an episode and depending on how much I like it, that's what I'm going to back And I'd like that or something, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, ha-ha, whatever. Next day, we were backed for uh, an amount. That's so, awesome. Like, that was super cool. Thank you to that person really whose name cool. I can't remember right now. But yeah, at work last week, we had a bit of an exercise where we were writing down things that we like about people in the program, like not work things, but like just personal things and letting them know. And someone who I'd worked with said that he likes our podcast. And I didn't even know he listened. So Steve, hopefully you're listening to this episode. Thank you for that note. I got it. It was great. And I didn't even know you were listening. That's awesome. It is awesome. Mm. People love it when I say I do a podcast. Oh. And they're, like, they're like, what's it about? And I'm yeah. like, it's music. And yeah. they're like, oh, suddenly I've piqued my interest. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I get into to like the whole spiel about what we do. Then they get really excited and then they scroll through and go and find their favorite artists that we've covered and they'll go and listen to that episode. And mm -hmm. that's what I really enjoy. The fact that we've had so many different genres. That yeah. Like anyone can go and go and find something that they can relate to. Yeah. Like it's been really fun. Mm. It has been fun. Tiring, yeah. tiring though. Yes, it has been a long, so many lot notes. of work. And it's, yeah, so many notes and... I don't know if you guys keep yours or put them in a book or something. George, we've talked about you handwrite your notes. We should be putting them in a book at the end. Yeah. Maybe I'll start now. Yeah. Mine are all Google Docs printed, so it's not very, not as pretty. Mine is illegible. Yes. So no. the, never mind. That's the other problem. Yes. Well, this is very exciting. So cool. where do we go from here, Liam? Well, where do we go from here? The words are coming out all weird. Where are you now? And that oh. might and that might tell you we are going to talk about a band. Finally, three white people get to tell the world what they think about one of the greatest rock bands of all time, <laughs> Radiohead. <Woo>! Thank you. <laughs> Boom. So wow. Thank sure. you for picking up on my reference. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if you did that deliberately or if yeah, it was. Yeah, totally. No, so, so, yeah, that's awesome. Yes, because yeah. I've got my notes in front of me and I'm like, I'm ready. <laughs> nice. I'm ready for you. Ready Come for on. it. Okay. Yeah. We will do a little bit of a recap on the three on the three of us from Radiohead, but George, would you like to tell us what album you're nominating, first of all? Okay, so we are chronologically going in uh, order mm -hmm. and I am nominating the Benz Radiohead March 95. Yeah as my number one Radiohead album. Thank you. 
I'm chronologically next. Yes, you so, are. Uh, we are going are. to skip over the three albums that many people <clears throat> usually talk about being flawless, which is OK Computer, Kid A, and Amnesiac. And I'm going to jump straight to... I don't even have what year it was released, written down. 2003. I, 2003's Hail to the Thief. Last but not least. Last but definitely not least. No, no, not, not at all. Um, I have nominated uh, In Rainbows. And then seven, I think so. Yes, that's it. Was it yeah. right? I mm-hmm. didn't write it down. That's it. Yeah. Um, 10th of October. So, yes, three albums, cool, and not the ones that are usually spoken of as or proposed as flawless, no, um, or necessarily as um, rated amongst the the reviewers. So, this is the thing. This will, um, it's a, a very telling that it's 100 episodes and we're talking about in Unbelievable. Grant because. When we were looking for someone to be on the podcast, yes. and you were recommended by someone, I, we, by our friend Sarah. So, hello, Sarah. Miss you, Sarah. <laughs> the the case that she made was that you would go to bat for In Rainbows over any other Radiohead album as being flawless, yeah. and we were like, "That's that's awesome. That is mm-hmm. not a normal, that is not a choice that most people would make." Let's meet this guy, and it all tumbled in from there. So it's Absolutely. very closing the loop on Flawless, the genesis of Flawless. Mm. And OK Computer is the only one that I have on vinyl. Really? Um, but that's, yeah, not the one that I brought forward as yeah. my Flawless album. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still the Benz. Okay. George, Hello. tell well, us how you, <laughs> discovered, how you discovered Flawless as an English person being <laughs> alive in 1995 when the Benz came out and I mean what an album. they were big on 93 but they were you know I think they might have exploded a bit more in 95 or you totally. can t- you can tell us um, you were there what was their big hit from Pablo Honey creep creep of course it was mm-hmm. and as a disillusioned youth that was watching MTV when I was like eight, nine years old, like, well, probably nine, um, this really awkward looking guy with like bleached hair. And awesome teeth. Yeah. And one, like that side of his face, I was unsure if he was deliberately, it was all very confusing. Battered out creep. I'm a weirdo. And I was like, I can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this whole scenario, I was like, I, I know what you're about. This is awesome. Um, but I didn't own Pablo Honey because I was only like nine at the time. Um, but then the Benz came out. Um, and when the Benz came out, I never, I didn't notice the first um, few singles. Um, but I did go and spend my pocket money on the album. 
So I would have oh, been, because it was girl. March 95, so I had my birthday money nice. um, from turning 10. <laughs> um, and I went and bought Ben's uh, because, and then I listened to it, and then I got to Street Spirit at the end oh, mm-hmm. and said, this is my song. Yeah. This is my song really, from yeah? now on. Yeah. Like, pretty much. Um, so uh, then... Uh, the singles, I wasn't really listening to much on the radio. Um, but, um, yeah, so I didn't really notice some of the singles, but I did capture them on MTV. So the videos for um, Fake Plastic Trees, I think he's being pushed around in a shopping mm-hmm. cart. So big, that big, was really cool. Salt like a white supermarket with white big supermarket. pastel colours on all the products. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that was, like, really awesome for me. Then the... Um, video for Just mm-hmm. came out and where that one man in a suit is laid down on the ground and everyone's like talking to him in subtitles and he's just like you don't want to know, you don't want to know you can't handle, you know, that whole you can't yeah. handle the truth yeah. kind of thing um, and it was just like really impactful. Just um, the disillusioned youth of like I know a thing mm. that's going to make the world shut down but you'd never understand and you don't and if I tell you what it is. And then at the end, he tells them and they do all lie down. And you think, yeah, that's the most meaningful thing ever. And now, looking back at it at 41, I'm like, that's that's a little much. But as like, yeah, when you're, like, when you're in that age bracket, you're like, this is it. This is my, these are my, my guys. Absolutely. And then they brought out the video for Street Spirit, mm-hmm. where they did the slow-mo over quick um, mo um, filming all in black and white there's like ballerina dancers and dogs and like children and stuff and it was just really impactful so I was like these are my people they are weird they're mm-hmm. totally weird and I'm loving this album so when I put it on and I listened to Planet Telex from the beginning um, I was like okay I'm in for this journey and that's where I started so cool. that's how I got into Radiohead through MTV through Creep Awesome. And then picked up the album and went from there. And you nice. didn't think that Pablo Honey was flaws? No, there's some stuff in there that is still too raw for me, I think. Like sure. at that time, especially probably because I didn't really get into the grungy stuff quite yeah. so much. Um, but Pablo Honey um, wasn't so much, whereas this one had um, Rolling Stone described it as having a mix of sonic guitar anthems and striking ballads. Mm-hmm. And cool. that's why it landed with me nice. because it had those jump up and down, sing along, and yeah. then the sway along, sing along kind of then uh, songs on it. So this cool. is why it's been a regular on my like playlist. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so cool. this is why I chose that awesome. this, this particular album, the guitar-driven album. Grant, how did you get into Radiohead? I know it wasn't in in I wasn't through In Rainbows. I'm sure no, that wasn't your first exposure to Radiohead. No. no. <laughs> Um, being a little bit older than George certainly had heard Creep um, <clears throat> and then this I was at boarding school in a place called Gramstown and 1995 you know you pick up this this someone at school had it mm-hmm. you pick it up and it's got this weird shaped head thing and you're like okay well who are these guys I didn't, wouldn't absolutely not have connected the two Um and and it was would have been the hits in the main that would have, uh, you know, high and dry. I mean, geez, come on, guys, <laughs> that that mm-hmm. um, would have would have really resonated. And I've I've bought the CD as well, um, in in South Africa as because it is, 
um, it resonated so much and it's hard to, I mean, like we talk about a flawless and a, a framework of skippable tracks. Find me one mm. here that I'm, you know, don't want to go to. So, um, yeah, 95 um, on the back of Creep. Um, didn't really listen to Pablo Honey much at all, um, but a, a friend had a had it and I bought it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I think it certainly wouldn't be that year, but um, I have this in my collection. Nice. How about you, Liam? Mm. Um, I was the same as you, George, in that I saw them. I was seeing video clips on MTV, so I wasn't really listening to proper radio. I was listening to a lot of pop radio stuff, and they weren't on that. The, but creep, I remember Creep being on there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was. But I, I didn't hear it. I didn't. It, but the radio edit, it's nice when he drops the F-bomb, isn't I it? I know. So that was the other thing I was like, going to say is like for the first few years, certainly my exposure to Creep was MTV and pop radio which was the sanitized edit where mm. he doesn't drop the F-bomb at all. And they even cut out that line altogether. So then when I finally heard it on the actual album for the first time and started hearing it on radio stations that weren't afraid to drop the proper version, I was like, oh my God. That's just, and I could see instantly where I was like, okay, so now I know why it was really popular with young people because it's like it's the F-bomb <laughs> on the radio. Who yeah. doesn't love that? Didn't hear much about the Benz at all. I was same as you, George. I was watching clips, seeing clips on MTV, just and fake plastic trees and that sort of stuff. It wasn't until... Um, Paranoid Android came out that I actually started hearing them on the by that time I was listening to Triple J Mm -hmm. and they made a huge deal about Paranoid Android like listen to this this is a huge song this is going to be like a song of the year style song you have to listen to it it's amazing all their directors of music and stuff were doing little pieces on the radio about how important it was and how great it was it was on I remember Australian kids will know there was a TV show called Recovery at the time which was Saturday mornings lots of all the bands that I've talked about Australian bands were all on there it was just like a big studio three rows three or four rows of kids up in a stand and then there were like live bands playing and they had a really cool host called dylan lewis who was like kooky and a bit crazy and it was just really cool um and they played the film clip for paranoid android as another big like hey everyone check this out ready head of back they're this thing now it's gonna be amazing but then because it's 9 a.m on a saturday morning they're g-rated and there's stuff that happens in the paranoid android where the mermaids are naked Mm -hmm. so or topless so even though it's hand-drawn they're not allowed to show topless yeah yeah at nine o'clock so they had to put a screen up to say Hey guys, we can't show you this, but here's a description of what's happening because it's this amazing video. And that's what, so I heard, started hearing them on the radio. At that point, I got AK Computer, I went backwards, and then I've got every album they've put out and like everything they've put out ever since then, which became a lot easier once they got off their record label and they just started putting stuff out as pay what you want. Yes. But uh, we'll talk about that in a bit more down the line. So yeah, when um, loved OK Computer, loved Kid A and Music when they came out, like that whole, they completely changed their style, but they mm. still kept their. They, they changed the instruments, but they kept their style, worked really well. And then just following it through has been really awesome. That's awesome. So do you want to describe the who the band is? Yes. Sure. So I figure one of us should do it. How amazing is it, before I do that, it's the same five guys. So they, they formed in 1985. So they're 36. They're literal year ovals born. Yeah. So they're the same age as George. They've been together 36 years. And it's the same five guys who are in the band. They've had, obviously, people come in and do stuff with them. And they've yes. got an extra touring member now. But Radiohead's lineup in 1985 was Tom York on vocals, guitar, piano, keyboards. Johnny Greenwood, guitar, keyboards. The Orned Martinot, which I will talk about in a bit. Colin Greenwood, his brother on bass. Ed O'Brien on guitar, effects and backing vocals. And Philip Selway on drums and percussion. And they've had Clive Dreamer with them since 2011, also doing drums and percussion. And various people on strings. And various, yeah, yeah so different people tend to do the string parts and that album. sort of thing. Yeah. They've had different producers 
mostly the same producer from '85, days. and they land like late '90s or mid '90s. They get they get. I can't think of another group. band who, and then, who are still the same five members. Like you know, usually some of them, even if they keep the core front group, you know, you might get someone bugs out. Yeah, really. like it's, of course. Like it's you know, and you're thinking like this. The, they are and became one of the biggest bands in the world. So they were touring lots. They were doing stuff all the time. Everybody was always paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. Almost inevitably, someone at that point goes. This is too much yep. for me. I want to have a family. I want to spend time with my family. I can't, mm. you know, I'm going to choose. Make my that priority choice. has changed. Yeah. Yeah. But these guys just, no, it's just been those same five guys the whole time. I find that amazing. While we're on that, have either of you seen them live? Do you want to go first? Uh, yes. Yes, you want to go first and? And yes, I've seen them live oh. at a music festival back in the uk but i was in the nosebleed section because everyone was all up at the front and i was like it's too late and i'm too tired and i'm just gonna be like (laughs) sat sat on the grass looking down and just enjoying the soundscape Mm, that they are creating like it would be awesome to have been younger and all up at the front and like throwing myself you were spent that's okay i was totally spent so when what year around about um probably would have oh Somewhere between 97 and 2011. So I can't remember. I should have done my research. Do you know what they, do you know what, what, what some of the songs you might have seen? No, or? literally no. nothing. Literally I can nothing. remember Fair I was enough. at a festival and I was spent yeah. and I was like, <laughs> they are very good and yeah. I really enjoy <laughs> them throwing themselves Hashtag around. Yes. And um, I really enjoy, it's Johnny who like crawls around the floor, yeah. like playing with all of his pedals and doing all that interesting stuff. So, so good. it must have been um, after Kid A. Okay. Um, yeah, it was after Kid A. So, um, yeah, I, he was crawling around the floor doing loads of the, like, electro stuff and mm-hmm. everything. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, like, a really interesting experience. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Do you remember the festival specifically or what um, it was called? It was either Wedding, Leeds, or Glastonbury. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so sure. pick one of those. Yeah, the big, well, the pick, big pick three. Pick. Okay. All right. Cool. Good. How about you, Glenn? And Me? No, unfortunately not. Oh, I don't think I'm not sure they've ever toured South Africa, and so I would have got you 06, and I don't know how many times they would have toured here between 06 and now. So. I can tell you, it's been the once. Well, wow. that was the show that I was at. So they really? they've been to Australia just three times. Brisbane, sorry, three times. Yeah, they played the Roxy in '94, which was on a venue that no longer exists, sadly. Festival Hall in 1998, which like also doesn't exist, but I at least went to that one a couple of times. I never went to the Roxy. And then in 2012, they played the Brisbane Entertainment Center. Really? And I was at that show. And it was amazing. And you know that I wasn't in Brisbane at the time. Okay. I was in there Sydney. However, they would have played, they they, they played, played Sydney. Sydney yes. And I'll, I'll still yeah. missed it. <laughs> wow. Man. So it's... The interesting thing was, they played for me... I'm just going to tell everyone, you'll find this very interesting. <laughs> they played the same year that Weezer played Australia. And Weezer was another... So they obviously hadn't been yeah. in Australia for 14 years. Weezer was another band that hadn't been to Australia since for, since the late 90s. And it was always like, oh, you know, every time festival lineups started coming out, it's like, oh, someone's going to bring Weezer out. Weezer are still huge. They, yes. You know, they should bring them out. No one ever did. So Weezer just did their own tour. So they played the Entertainment Centre as well. And I got... And I'd, you know, I'd been waiting since the late 90s to see them as well. So I went along and saw them as well. And it was cool, but they were just four guys doing their thing. They had the big W and lights behind them that lit up in certain highlight moments. Mm-hmm. But other than that, 
it was cool to see songs that I hadn't seen played live sure. get played live. But it was kind of just like, okay, that was four guys doing their thing, very experienced, but there wasn't that extra element to it. And then you got Radiohead and that was just like, it just blew my mind how awesome they were. Everything was so well coordinated. They had like a huge stage set up with all the different parts. They had like all sorts of screens all around the place. All the screens did lots show, of different like, things. It was a real, like they put a lot of effort effort and thought into we're the biggest band in the world. Let's put on a show that befits the yeah. big. And obviously Weezer aren't the biggest band in the world, yeah. but I was kind of still thinking, you know, you haven't been to Australia for 15 years. Yeah. I was expecting something and I got just, just them was with Radiohead. And that's why there's a um, Scroobius Pip song where he goes through like a list of bands and goes the Beatles just a band such and such just a band and Radiohead is like just a band I'm like yeah just a band is in they make music and that's you know there's the the meaning we attach to that is entirely our own and you know is that is that important or isn't it but they're not just a band in the same way they're like your local four piece down at the pub is is just Just a band band. like they they know and I'm, I'm sure they hate the label the biggest band in the world I'm sure like they've yeah that's not something that they seek out or they enjoy but they're like, this is us. This is who we are. Let's give people a show that's fitting of what they come to expect from us. So it was everything you'd hoped for. It was world. amazing. And they didn't even play a lot of the stuff that I was really hoping they would because by 2012, they'd, you know, they'd released... They'd moved on. Yeah. So they they'd re- by 2012, they'd released everything up to and including the King of Limbs, so the one after <laughs> in Rainbows. And so, you know, you, you could play a, oh. a big hooky rock set with all of the stuff from the bands and stuff from OK Computer and just have like a real rock show. Hmm. But they didn't. They played the more introverted and the more quiet and synthy and loopy stuff. And it was still amazing. I watched a video of them playing the national anthem mm-hmm. on SNL. Um, and it was just epic, like yeah. watching them throw themselves around and mm-hmm. like fuck about with pedals and yeah. do all sorts of stuff. And then they have this seven piece horn set um, who are all going boop, 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 in yeah. the background um, and they're all doing and they're all enjoying themselves as mm-hmm. well. Like the horns felt like they were part of Radiohead. Mm, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you're just in the back. You just do your thing. Yeah. And even though it was one song on SNL. They're like, we're putting everything into this and now we're done. Thank yeah. you. And, uh, yeah. So they're really good live, even in like that televised context. Mm. Cool. So we agree this was a good band to pick. Yes. I think we all... Well, we, yeah, we, from from three years ago, and we've we got to get to another hundred before I think we align ourselves that there might be another. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said... Um, I'm disappointed that Liam thinks that there might not be. I feel like I've got a quest now. For I've got 99 opportunities to think about. Cool. What what else think, could unite us? Um, listen to a bunch of Queens of the Stone Age albums and maybe Trail of Dead. Do you have a Trail of Dead flawless album? Uh, yes. Yeah. So listen. And listen interesting. To a I, bunch thought, of, I thought I thought Queens of the Stone Age. I thought you might Trail and uh, okay. Trail of the Dead albums. And if okay. you can find a flawless one in there, we'll we'll be another goer. Okay. But you know I can't find a Beatles album. No, I can't find a Beatles album. No, there's no no false Beatles albums. And I don't because my I is that a bad going, thing? We're going off topic here, but I haven't. I've never really gotten hugely into the Beatles as an album. Like I always know they've got a huge body of work, and I love you know so much of their body of work. But I've never really sat down and gone, okay, this is this album, this is the next album. This also partly because they just release them like so often. They were putting out one every year or two every year. It's like it's just like. I, can, I think of their work as a, just a massive conglomerate of songs rather than a, a series of individual albums. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wouldn't have any Flawless Beatles albums. There we go. So we're going to still quest. We've got time. 
We've got two. Yeah, we've got three years. We're going to crash. <laughs> so, um, let's... So um, we had uh, the second single was a split from the band, mm-hmm. um, and it was High and Dry and Planet Helix on a split double A single. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, what a fucking good choice. Um, but also, you could have separated them out. Yeah, we because Paul, <laughs> frequent previous guest and um, Patreon backer, this is, the Benz is one of his favorite albums, and he's, he's one of his favorite things is like there was set, like it's a twelve song, twelve album, twelve track album, With and six, seven seven, seven of the singles. songs were singles releases. Yeah. It's like, which like, once again, it's it's such a weird thing for Radiohead when you think about them yes. down the line. Is like this Good. idea of like singles are just promotional things; they're just excuses for you to try and get radio play, and it's very commercial. But I think at that stage they were still enjoying making the videos. And also, mm-hmm. this was—I think sure. this was their first one on um, EMI. So, which we'll oh, have, it's we'll, still we'll, on Parlophone, wasn't it? Was it? Are they still on Parlophone? It was it OK Computer that they went to EMI. Anyway, well, someone can yell at us online mm. about that. But I, I think there was research opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's only so many notes we could take about this. It's mm. like eight pages worth of notes. So yeah, I think they've certainly as they've gone on they're like less interested in making videos and doing promotional singles and stuff like that and more just yeah it's very weird for a band like them to have that many singles but to go from being famous for being crave mm-hmm. and then to release stuff that's actually quite twinkly and sweet yes was a really nice um kind of shift mm-hmm. uh with the with their singles so starting with my iron lung yeah. that came out first mm-hmm. but then high and dry planet helix came out and they're just really pretty songs mm. and fake plastic trees is just a really pretty song yeah just is kicking back in to yeah. being like a mm-hmm. belter and street spirit like they released that as a single yeah. what are you doing mate yeah. like you're having <laughs> a laugh and then they're finally yeah, like we've we're doing the bends like yeah. we might as well this is the aha moment and mm-hmm. um, this is the song the bends the album the bends it's how we're gonna finish um and that is the way they released their singles but they did that over the course of 94 to 96 yeah so two been, years worth of singles two weeks two years worth before they released okay computer mm-hmm yeah, so my line that they open with, I think, is like it's not quite Britpop, but there's elements of it in there. It's not quite grunge, but there's elements of it in there. So I think it's a really good choice for a, for a new single. Like we're not just going to be the guys who have creep and we're not going to be all our songs like are those love songs slash self-demeaning ones. But also we've got the elements that the stuff that's really popular on the radio right now, which was Britpop and grunge. So yeah, awesome choice. So obviously none of this, none of us listened to this for the first time when we came to the album. But yeah. um, coming to it, knowing that we had to deep dive into it, and um, what was your feeling, Liam, when you were like, "I'm going to have to listen to the bends in the kind of mindset of flawless"? Um, I had the bends is probably my favorite Radiohead album. Um, so I obviously I picked Hail to the Thief, and one of the reasons I picked that is because that's one that not many people think of as being flawless and I want to make the case for it and try and get more people to listen to it. Mm-hmm. But I think The Benz is probably my favourite mm-hmm. Radiohead album. So, And it, it always makes appearances. So I almost didn't have to take any notes for The Benz. Yeah. I just looked through the track listing and I went, yep, I know how all of those ones go. Um, I wrote down a couple of lyrics, but I knew the lyrics in my head. I just had to write down which song they were in. So, for example, uh, My Iron Lung's got that bit at the end where he goes, 
And if you're frightened, you can be frightened. Oh, you can be, it's okay. Oh, yes. so good. And I just, I knew that, I knew With that lyric. With the whole shift change yeah, in the whole yeah. song. And I knew that lyric was like, on this album somewhere. I just had to remember which song it was on. So I listened to it once through. I went, oh yeah, it's on this song. Blah. But and apart you, from that, I I barely had to make any notes for this. This is one of the ones, mm. of all the ones we've covered, that I probably know as good as any of the other ones. But when you're singing those lyrics, you don't know whether to believe him or not. No. Yeah. But, like you could be frightened. It's okay. Can I? Is it okay is though? It though? Is it Tom? Yeah, but it's him. Yeah, so it totally works. And is is he talking to? Because he's got this withering, sarcastic tone all the way through. Mm-hmm. So if you think about people who are on his side versus the people he's angry at, if you're saying, is he saying you can be frightened, like to people like us who are on his side, going it's okay to be frightened about the state yeah. that the world's in, or is he saying if you're frightened that we're against the people that he's against? We're about to stand up and we're about to hopefully fight back against you. You almost, you should be frightened sort of stuff. Like which side is he singing it to? Mm. Super cool. Just, and it's like, you know, it's just like, it's 10, it's 10 words. It's not some huge thing that you have to really try and deep dive and do and unpack into. And the way his gentle lyric on, like his gentle vocal on that is just, you know, we'll say it over and over again, but he's a master vocalist. Like oh, all, in all areas and it was just yeah it's amazing he does really beautiful things mm. um which is why i really like nice dream mm-hmm. where it's really sweet and it's so low um and there's like all those synthy trickles and there's like about 16 bars of just like really pretty instrumental yeah. like in the middle um and he wants to help us to kind of be happy mm. and so in the nice dream there's the backing vocals, if you think that you're strong enough, if you think you belong enough, like repeated over and over mm-hmm. um, into that solo explosion and all that percussion and everything comes yeah. in. It's just like, and I can hear the guitar solos um, in my yeah. head right yeah. now. That's like, the thing, I didn't, that was my thing as well. I didn't even, I barely needed to listen to it to do the research on this song. It's like, yep, I know how all these songs go. Yes. Well, we've been listening to them for some time now. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Um, yes. So, um, but then on the again on the quiet one, when I used to when I bought a CD player where you could pick songs and put one song on repeat, mm-hmm. and you didn't have to listen to it all, I used to put Bulletproof. I wish I was, mm, and nice. um, that really slow song. I used to just put it on repeat sometimes when I needed to be sombre. Yeah, and it's just just big open spaces like a lot of the rest of it is quite jagged guitar like the rest of the album is quite angsty guitar stuff but yeah mm. there's just a couple of songs there that is like this big nice and open spaces stuff and i think it almost starts giving you a clue from where you know they're going to lean more into the soundscape stuff as their as their career goes on and he also says Wax me. Because the, the other fun thing too about the number of singles they've got on there is two of the ones that I love are 
Bones and Blackstar. Oh, and they could have been singles. You could, I could mm-hmm. absolutely hear them being played on the radio as well. Like they could have legitimately gone. We've taken so long nine to talk singles. about Blackstar. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Something that Blackstar does that I've never seen before or heard since, and I'm surprised more bands don't do it. It fades in. It fades yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. Media res. Not not yeah. like one instrument, another instrument. Another. No, no, no. no. Twins. We're, we're all playing. Like, oh. like you've, all these songs that have fade outs, and this is the only one that I've ever heard that like full band fade in. I was like, why is this not? That's so awesome. Why am not? And then it even cuts out. So it's even like the, it's not like they just keep going. Reverse. Like this, it's so cool. It is, and then it goes punchy. Like um, mm. that. It's that kind of. It reminded me of long distance touring, where he's um, talking about trying to stay awake, but it isn't fifty eight hours since I last slept with you. And he says it in that way that's like heart wrenching. Yeah. You know, like I'm it's like fifty eight hours doesn't sound like long, but when you're that far away from someone, it can really hit mm. you in the feels. Mm. So we go from Black Star and we jump over and then we end on Street Spirit, which mm-hmm. is why I thought it was a really like plucky decision to have that really like bold black star and then ending on Street Spirit, like with our like our, our movement through with our grungy tracks between and then ending on something so sweet and melodic. Mm. So Tom York says of Street Spirit, it's our purest song, but I didn't write it. It wrote itself. We were just its messengers, its biological catalysts. So it's just them, like That's a cool. natural expression of space and streets and all this, you mm. know, it's really, yeah, very awesome. So this was, the Benz was produced by John Leckie with extra production by the band and then Nigel Godrick, who would go on to be their longtime producer. He produced everything since okay. after this album. He was just like, there's even, there's stuff in the other albums. I'm not, I saw some, but I didn't write them all down, but like where they would even go and try and get another producer, work with him for a little while and then go, okay, this isn't working. Can we just get Nigel back? And we'll just keep working with Nigel because it was just, yeah, they've got simpatico spirit that just understands what they're trying to do and, yeah, works really well with them. But you need somebody that understands the sound that you're trying to make. Yes. And you need to gel with them no mm. matter where you are. Especially because as a band, they've transitioned. Like Their sound has changed completely from Pablo Honey to where they are now. Mm. Um, they're a, they they create a different soundscape. So it's like a... Yeah, from being those grungy, plucky 90s um, misfits yeah. to being the this biggest rock band right now like touring the world doing all this incredible stuff and yeah they've made an incredible journey to do it and mm. so if you're lucky enough to go and see them go and see them and try not to be spent yeah <laughs> um and stanley donwood did the art for this with tom york with, for this and has produced all the okay. artwork ever since as well so they're really a family yeah, they, now, they find their people and they'd go you know we'll just stick with the people that we know and work really well with because they went in somewhere specifically to look for something, but then they found a mannequin on the floor, like a one of those CPR mannequins on the floor and took a picture of it and went, let's do use that and use that on the front cover of the Benz um, and it works really well. But like um, to me, it's synonymous, but I guess if you don't know what you're expecting, it's pretty easy to be like, what? what should I expect from a mm. um, mannequin's face or distorted like mm. on the front of a front cover. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. We, we talked about the film clip for Just, but the, I think the music it deserves a, a mention on its own as well. Like just, it's coming out of Nice Dream. So Nice Dream holds this really nice spot in the middle of the album. Like it's just a bit of a breather after five. 
you know, even high and dry and fake plastic trees, even though they're a bit softer, they're still quite intense. Whereas nice rooms, like just that breather in the middle one, we've had that before with an album, like especially if it's on a vinyl, where like this is the moment you're going to switch the sides and then just just kicks in with that acoustic on the start. A couple of chords, bro. Just a couple of Four chords. Four chords to glory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Come then on. Just, yeah. Um, Johnny Greenwood's just wailing on that guitar all the way through the song. It's just amazing. And Rock Club sing along to that chorus yes. all mm. the time. Yeah. Like, and they'll, they'll say, they'll point at each other saying, you do it to yourself. Yeah. And like, they'll <laughs> you point. You do. That's a, yeah. that's a terrible thing to say, but yes. It's, yeah, but it it's shouldn't true. be an uplifting That's what thing. they say. But um, yeah, they, they and they still do to this day. So like from 95, they're still doing that in box clubs now with mm. Radiohead tracks, which is awesome. So yeah, I think Just is probably, yeah. It's hard to pick a top five like Radiohead songs, but it, if, you, if I had to, I think Just would definitely be in my top five because it's so perfectly crafted. And it's, it goes for nearly four minutes, but it never feels like it. It feels like oh. it's quite a short, sharp song. Mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah, all those beautiful parts. And then the film clip as well, which is great. And always great to see young Tom. A lot of the film clips, he's sort of thrashing himself around while they're playing. And he does mm-hmm. it a lot in this clip, and it's really cool. So it's pretty all round good, good record. Yes. I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're a pitch. I mean, I'm conscious that we've got time here on 43 minutes or do that's right. We'll do, we'll do all the pictures at the end. Oh. We'll, do, we'll do all the, the pictures at the end. Is yes. that the plan? Sorry. That's the plan. Sorry, I should, have, I should have told everybody the plan. Yeah, we'll do a picture at the I end. I might have missed that. Um, Grant, any songs off the bends that you want to touch on? Oh, Black Star certainly is just massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've just spoken about just as well. Um, I think Fake Plastic Trees and Street Spirits are difficult not to just touch mm-hmm. on on the um the feelies is what did you call them the, the feels. feels the feels the feels um and of course you know high and dry i mean this the, uh, probably the the big takeaway yeah track huge falsetto vocals. yeah i mean look um i've played that before he was convinced oh nice he was convinced to try to start singing falsetto by watching jeff buckley Ah. I saw it found in my research that he would look at Jeff Buckley and was like, I, I want to be like him. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. It's not a bad idol. Not no, if you're going to aim, no. aim for somebody. Sure. So, that's cool. when we were doing the group chat, George, you didn't mention that we touched, no one was nominating OK Computer, which is generally considered the foundation, seminal album of yeah. whatever. Mm. Um, I didn't ask anybody, but quick things, top of your head, flawless, yes or no? Oh. Okay, computer. Okay, computer. Yes, if you can remember the songs, because we didn't do any research on it. So this is going to be. I can start. I don't think it's flawless. I think the last couple of songs don't live up to the rest of the album. So I think after no surprises, I think there's like three more songs after that, and that's that goes on too long. I think they needed to finish it after no surprise. I think if not on no surprises, because no surprises would be an amazing album ender. Mm. I think you're in that down mode and you didn't they go on for a bit too long. So love it. Obviously it's a huge album. It's an amazing album. It does amazing things that no one had thought to do before and not many people have been able to successfully since, but I wouldn't have called it flawless as I was going through my research I think thinking about which of their albums I would call flawless. I was actually listening to it this week and I'd have said no because I don't think electioneering goes into climbing up, into up the walls. Like, don't you hate electioneering? Was, yeah, was like you I, or someone else who told yeah, me they hate I, electioneering? Like, well, I don't, like, I don't hate, hate like electioneering. It's more the fact that it gets in the way of mm-hmm. climbing up the walls, which right. come to next. And so if I have to, yeah, <laughs> if I have to skip, like if I, if I'm like listening to it, just like, like tapping my foot, just going, no, I really want to get to the good stuff. Yeah. You're getting in my way. Then mm-hmm. the flow of the record isn't correct for me. Yeah. So, um, it should have, there should have been something that segued between those two cool. tracks, which is why. 
yeah. that wouldn't have been flawed for me. There we go. Yeah, it was the back end. Not um, probably agree with you. Just mm-hmm. the front end was just so good. Yeah, like, really. Even up to you know, Karma Police, um, and you know, no surprises in the back. But I thought the front end was just awesome, and then yeah. the back end was like, yeah. Oh, so that's man. often the thing that people talk about. Like, like, it's hard. Man. Yeah. So people talk about OK Computer being that seminal album, and that's where. When it's a couple of years after it came out, I was talking with a friend of mine that I was working with, and he and I both used to agree that it's it's bigger in scope than the Benz. It aims higher, but the Benz is more consistent musically, just all the way through, yeah, cover to cover. Good, so it's sort of a good description. They they definitely aimed higher, so that's you know it's not necessarily a bad thing. But I just yeah, I think I love the Benz more than OK Computer. And they had to OK Computer. They couldn't have made Kid A after they no. made the Benz. No, definitely not. There was there no. was a step between. So yeah, so speaking of, they do OK Computer. It's one of the biggest albums in the world. Everyone's like, oh my God, what are they going to do next? And what they do next is pull the rug out from everybody and completely change their musical style, not for the first time, mm. with um, Kid A and Amnesiac, which we won't go into too much detail. Um, I love them both. They were recorded amazing. concurrently, but yes. they're released a year apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think they didn't even say they were Jeez. doing Amnesiac at the time. I think they, they put out Kid A. And I was like, oh, wow, I wonder what they'll do next. And they were like, oh, and we've got a whole other set of songs from that same session. Here's another album as well, which is really cool. Nice. And then... We get to 2003. We get to 2003. Oh, and what's happening? So, what is happening? In 2003, Radiohead... So I think they also put out um, I Might Be Wrong, which is their live album. So in 2003, they're on the tail end of a contract with EMI, with, which was like, I think that's where we talked about that five-album contract. So mm-hmm. it might have been... OK Computer, Kid A Amnesiac, I might be wrong. And they're sick of working with EMI. They don't like working with EMI anymore. They keep trying to tell them to do stuff they don't want to do. They want to get out of the contract. So they put together an album called Hail to the Thief. Mm-hmm. Which, if I can find my notes. Which I'd never heard before. You'd never heard the album at all? No, no, not until you asked me to listen right. to it. Right, okay. Such was your conviction. Yeah. Of a so, flawless album. Yeah. That I haven't heard of from Radiohead. Yeah. So yeah, so they they moved to that you know electronic style on the Kid A and Amnesiac, and they sort of recorded those with like studio experimentation and stuff like that. And then they're like, okay, well, let's try and do a bit more spontaneous stuff. So a bit of a combination between rock, like the analog rock style, and the, and the, the electronic digital style. Um, they recorded it most of it in two weeks in LA with Nigel Godrick, as we've talked about before and focused on just being able to do it live. Like if we, if they, if they could do it live, they tried to do it live in the studio and not, Oh, let's put a song, let's put a sound down and then yeah. put it away and figure it out in the studio. So, uh, only two singles as far as I can tell. <coughs> yes. Uh, I should have put page numbers on my page. No, three singles. Three singles. Bear Bear, um, go to sleep and two plus two equals five. Yes. Okay. Which is just, so, I love 2 plus 2 equals 5. That's another yeah. one of my absolute favourite songs. Oh, such an opener. Such a beautiful opener. Plugging in an amp to start an album, yeah. always, always going to be great. It's like, no. here we are, like, we're a live band first and foremost. And you can, that idea of like, oh, we're trying to capture the spontaneous there energy of it a bit more live. And it's like, there it is. It's, we're going to open this thing by plugging in an amp, noodling a little guitar, and then Tom York's vocals, and like really soft... And the, like the first time you hear the album, you can probably tell us how you experienced it, Grant. But the, I know the first time I had it, I'd heard there, there, but that was because that was the Leo thing. Well, I hadn't heard anything else. And like they're playing with this noodly guitar stuff, and it's like, oh, is this going to be more 
like still the kid amnesiac style stuff like you don't really know and then just like that kickoff where the drums and all the other guitar parts just come smashing in and it's so cool it's a good song it's a great opening didn't get the double tick got a tick mm-hmm. <clears throat> got a Range. heart got a heart from me there we go there you go you've got a heart um, so but you've, you, you'd heard this before I'd heard some of it okay. before, but I'd actually not listened to the whole record before. Okay. Oh. So um, when um um okay, cool story. We're talking yes. about um okay computer going into today. So I had this like Pablo Honey. Okay, I've got you. You're grungy. Yeah. I, I know you're. I know you. I know you. I know you. The bends. Now I've really got you. Mm. Okay, computer. You're pushing boundaries. I mm. like what you're doing. Kid A came out, my mate bought it, he brought it over and went, listen to this, I cried. Mm-hmm. Sadness. Went, I literally cried sadness and said, what have they oh, done? Sadness. Oh, no. On the first oh, listen wow. of Kid A, because I was like, where has it all gone? Yeah. What have you like, done to me? What's, I, where's the guitar gone? Are we breaking up? And I don't think you're the only, I think a lot of people had that reaction. Probably. It's like, this is not my radio head. Yeah, it wasn't. I, and what? I felt like they owed me it's something. True, yeah. Um, but then... Um, like Kid A and Amnesia, I, I got totally into, and but then my musical taste like meandered, so I never of actually, course. and Radiohead just got bigger than the earth anyway, so I never actually followed them um, specifically, but I did hear certain tracks, and they're like um, on like TV shows or the on radio and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely heard um, a couple of the singles, but I'd never heard the album mm-hmm. all the way through. Cool. So Grant, yeah, first time listening to the album all the way through. Just first impressions. It's a grower. Not necessarily songs, but first impressions. Just how it compares, I guess, to what you knew already had and also what you know they'll become with, with your love of yeah. as so well. Yeah, so it's interesting because I probably... Um, so if we go back in the, in, the, in, the, in the chronology of it, you know, 97 was OK Computer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm first year university, um, on the back of, of the bends, and I'm not, you know, who doesn't... From this era, know the bends. Yeah, this is okay. Computers like, whoa, this is a step out here as well. And you've got Karma Police and Powered Android, and you're like, okay, this is this is you know buzzing like a fridge, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might have heard parts of those other albums, Kid A and Amnesiac, is it? Yeah, but I wouldn't have listened to them at all. Like, I, I couldn't tell you a song off either of those albums. Yeah, because I, you know. I don't actually know what I was doing for mm-hmm. those, for that period for those years. Um, don't don't, tell, don't record what you were doing during those years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no pictures. Thank goodness we didn't have phones or our phones to take the pictures. Um, so so literally, I've gone ninety eight or ninety. You know, um, the, the OK Computer piece ish, but I've loved the Benz and I never owned OK Computer. And then I've gone to In Rainbows, and now I'm going three years back. Mm-hmm. To, to hell to the thief. I'm like, well, what's this all about? Yeah. And I, so I've missed that part where, you, you know, the, the breakup, we, it's almost like we didn't break up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a challenging band, I think, to um, to listen to potentially, but also to just to pin down. Like, yeah. Because they want that. That's what they, like how they think they play it. So um, I'll go to, um, speak specifically to, to number five, go to sleep. Yeah. And I'm like, Jeez, what a great opening riff! There's a mm. there's a, a um a movie called Singles, and Chris Cornell has um on that a song called Seasons, and it's just that opening track is almost or the the riffs so so similar. I'm like, nice. I know that like like parts of that, mm. and then like they'll Americana. they'll go through um the singles, the movie. No, Can't, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all America, sure. Um, 
And but you go sit down, stand up, and the, that's a double tick off the bat. And I'm like, whoa, you know. It has um, really lovely lyrics in that. Oh. On go to sleep. Uh, on go to sleep. Was that yeah. what we were talking about? Oh, I no. thought we'd jump to sleep. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's right. Go to sleep as well. You know, I mean, it's um. just so so. Um, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. But for like, it's it's not. This is not in rainbows, and this is yeah. not um, the bends. Not even close. Yeah. Um, and so I, of course, I said for mine, it's it's a grower, um, because it it's or when it's got pieces here and pieces there that are familiar and then are not so. It was, so, a, it was a bit challenging. For me, this is the album where they took their rock, so they took their rock side and their synthy digital side and meshed mm. them together. Mm. And that, this was the first one where they've done that. So, you know, Kid A and Amizak were very much the digitals in the synths, even if they were using the instruments. Yeah. Everything was still super layered and super produced, whereas this was more, we're going to see if we can find a way to jam together our two different sides. So two and two equals five. Go to sleep sounds like, an old school, you know, you for sure. an old school Radiohead song. Like yeah. you could put it down on one of the other albums and it would fit just fine. I agree. Um, even Bactris, like there's a bit of an echo noise in the background. It's a piece, but other than that, it's mostly just a straightforward instrument, more straightforward instrumentation. Last piano solo, yeah, and Bactris yeah. for sure. Um, and then they're there as well. So the single, that first single was the lead off single. So it's like this beautifully, like you come out of the turgid, so the gloaming is that song in the middle where it's like a lot of synthy beats and just yeah. sort of him doing spoken word stuff. But then there's just this beautiful percussion back and forth. So the, mm-hmm. the percussion on a lot of these albums is just so amazing. And, With um, strings. Yes. They mm. use, yeah, they do get a lot of strings going as well. They um, they have that, it has that repeated motif of just because you feel it doesn't mean it's there, which I really love as well. But my, I mean, my favorite lyric is... beautiful just like a little rhyming epithet sort of thing mm-hmm. in the middle there so and then it picks up at the end like the guitar the more savage rock and guitar bit comes in at the end so it's once again similar to sort of the ben's era style of stuff yeah with uh really nice harmonies that kick in mm-hmm. as well at the end of that yeah i mean we suck young blood as well i mean that piano opening yes and, and hand claps yes mm-hmm. hello but so you are you hand hungry claps. You love hand claps mostly, I assume, because they're poppy and fun and happy. Yeah. These are dread-inducing hand claps. Mm. Like, like there's a Greek dread chorus inducing. of there's a Greek chorus of people behind you just like slow clapping, and like you're dreading the moment that their hands come together every time. It's I'll so cool. I'll take it. I'll fucking yeah. take it. <laughs> I love it. Yep, and his vocals double, are like double tick for really like strange one. kind of vocals on that one. Yeah, like. and so the step change. One of the things that happens a lot in this one is. Um, He's got long, slow, drawn-out vocals. So when you look at the voc- the lyrics for a song, it'll only be like 10 lines long. So even if it's four, four and a half, five-minute song, he's just, yeah, in this album a lot, he's just doing the long, slow vocals. So it's just mm-hmm. s- short on words 
And then, yeah, so then it kicks up a notch, the tempo changes towards the end. Mm. And he starts doing the thrash around, which I talked mm. about from Just. And, and he like, goes blah, 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 And then it just cuts out on a dime yeah. and goes straight back to the, to the slower stuff again. It's a cool one. So something I'll bring up now, <laughs> the band don't like this album. Because they, they feel they rushed it to get it out so they'd get it out so that to be get the rid last of the, one for the, EMI. the producers. Yeah, to get rid of like to get rid of EMI. They yeah. were like one last album done, gone, we're out. So they've said in the past that like, yeah, they don't like it. We want to do things quickly. I think the song suffered. Um, in two thousand eight, York posted an alternative track listing on his website, on the website, admitting backdrifts, we suck young blood. I will, which is one of my favorite songs. It's only like a little ninety mm. second thing, and a punch up at a wedding which is also one of my favorite songs. Yeah. So I only knew this it's from doing the research for this album that they this is one they don't like in their catalog, but I don't care. I still, <laughs> I still love it so much. And the songs they're choosing to admit, that that's crazy to me. I wouldn't, they're like some of my favorite songs. Off you see that, that they, they'd album. cut those ones? Yeah. So, so like, let's just not have those well, ones so in there. Backdrift, we, um, A Punch Up at a Wedding and Our Wall. And We Suck Young Blood. And We Suck Young Blood. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, that's interesting. Mm, yeah. Like okay. bold to admit it after the fact, isn't it? Just be like, by the way, guys, yeah. when you listen back, make a playlist, play yeah. those tracks out, and then it will be that's happy. That's what we really wanted. Yeah, that's where it would be a happier state. But the Cynthia Electro with the electric guitar and piano, jazzy soundings of A Punch Up at a Wedding. Yeah. That's fine. Repeating. So cool. And his lyric, lyrically, it's sometimes like he's spitting. Um, and then at the end... Um, the only way I can describe it is the beep, beep, boop, boop noises. Yes. So I said we were going to come back to this earlier. Those are the noises of an Onde Martinot. Yes. Which Johnny Greenwood is a, is a vintage instrument from the 1800s or something. Which on which track? Sorry, on on this Punch one up. all the way through on the all the way through this album. So it was invented in 1928 by Maurice Martinot. He was inspired by accidental overlaps of tones between military radio oscillators and wanted to create an instrument with the expressiveness of the cello with its easy use of vibrato. And Johnny Greenwood discovered one and was like, I want this to still be a thing. And, and so I he, have all the money. I have all the money I need. Yeah. And he got one, refurbished it, and it's all... So any, any of the sort of the synthy stuff and the beep beeps and that sort of stuff that you talked about, yeah. I'm pretty sure comes from the Onde Martinot. Wow. So... Um, then uh, after... Like a couple of bits, uh, Scatter Brain. Mm-hmm. That's got lovely guitar and yeah. drums. And then your vocals are really sweet above, um, kind of like walking around. And they pair back and they, they kind of repeat and have this like conversation throughout the track. And yeah. It's only like three minutes or two minutes, 20. Um, but it's like a really nice penultimate, penultimate song for the album. Yes. And then the last song on the album is also one of my favorites, A Wolf at the Door. Yes, two ticks. Just this beautifully haunted track in 3-4 time. So it's always a little bit unnerving when it's like a 3-4 time song. Um, And then I talked about most of the album being really slow, drawn out vocals. Mm -hmm. And this one, they're super fast. He's like spitting them out really quickly, almost stream of consciousness style. So it's sort of like a... Different, this like a real point of difference at the end, and then the the vo- the chorus where he says, and it's going to be a long one, although it'll be shorter when he sings it. That 
bit. So good. And just and that that whole phrase gets stuck in my head all the time, and I'm just thinking to myself because like sometimes I forget little words that are in there. And I'm trying to figure out what the on these vocal patterns. Literally about like child kidnapping, right? Yes. Like literally a wolf of the door. Like that's terrifying thing to end an album on. So the whole album is very political. So it's Hail to the Thief, which was part the George Bush when George Bush stole the election, his second election, George Bush. The first or the second? Junior, I think the second election. So the one where he, they, there was a whole oh. thing with, there was a whole thing with was Florida. First, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Florida. That was, that was, no, that was the second one. Was it really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. And who was the, who was the, uh, come on, the opposing um, Al Gore. Al Gore, that's right. So, An Inconvenient Truth or something. Yeah, his, so he his... went on to do that. But yeah, yeah, so Hail to the Thief was the thing. But then, so they used that, but also just, you know, their general anti-capitalism, anti-power sort of messaging and that sort of stuff. So this is, they think of this as one of their most political albums. So A Wolf at the Door, I think, is almost sort of not just the wolf itself, but very much like the systemic stuff that's at our door yes. all the time and, you know, threatens to do stuff to us and is going to mess us up and all that sort of thing. Well, can I just call on Mixmatosis? Because yes. it starts with a dirty baseline and ends with synthesizers, mm-hmm. which is something you can't go wrong with. Yeah. Like, it's like a really great, it's really grizzly um, and it carries through the drums pick up. They, um, they have these like offbeat sections which make you feel slightly unnerved like mm-hmm. um, throughout the track. Um, so, like, when I was listening to it, it was a bit like I was off my guard. Like the way the percussion was being performed throughout myxomatosis. Mm-hmm. So do you know what myxomatosis is? That's the disease of rabbits. It is the disease of rabbits. Highly infectious and usually fatal. Causes swelling of the mucous membranes and inflammation discharge around the eyes. Oh, no. So he sings about, they were cheering and waving, cheering and waving, twitching and salivating like with myxomatosis. So this idea that, you know, people like people with pitchforks and stuff like that are, are screaming and writhing around desperately trying to take out people and, you know, yeah. call us up. And it's a like, mob mentality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So mob mentality. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've talked about I said I really love I Will. It starts out with just his vocals and like a, this soul electric guitar. Um, and then like I thought I always thought it was York self-harmonizing, but I think it actually might be Johnny Greenwood. I've seen enough videos of them playing live now that. Johnny Greenwood tends to do most of the harmonising when I see them live and he can do a lot of different stuff. So And he does he this is where he actually um uses his variety of deep versus falsetto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and in isn't his range world. frustrating? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? I'm happy with that. Do you know what it, it makes him like his range it's not too far off my range. Mm-hmm. So when I go to rock karaoke, I can do radiohead songs. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty happy with that. Nice. Oh, there Thank we go. you, Mr. York. Yeah. Is it Tom or Thumb? It is Tom. Because I've, I've heard you call him Tom Thumb yes. before. And I was like, I'm, I've always called him Tom, but I was never sure. So I went and looked up a bunch of videos and it's he always Tom. calls Yeah, it's Tom. T-H-I-M there. People call him Tom and in situations where I would expect him to say, hey, no. my name is Thumb. So it is, yeah, well, Tom. But yeah, Tom, spelled, spelled with the H. Yeah, okay, cool. Excellent. I'm George with the G. Nice. Yeah. So just to wrap up, Hail of the Thief was the fifth consecutive Radiohead album nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Alternate Music and Godrich and engineer Daryl Thorpe got the Grammy Award for Best Engineered Non-Classical Album. In right. 2010, uh, Rolling Stone ranked it the 89th Best Album of the 2000s and that's all I got. Um, I do have one other thing which we kind of... Oh yeah, so Hottest 100 re- results. Nothing from the Benz. 
which is really weird because the creep was in the 93 hottest 100 and then yeah nothing from the bends except when they did 2009 they did a hottest 100 of all time fake plastic trees got number 28 what? but it just wasn't in the countdown of its actual year Ooh. so anyway that's a little weird that's cool um, two plus two equals five and they're there in 2003 got number 49 and number 48 and then in 2007 jigsaw falling into place which we'll talk about got oh. number 94 they've received 22 awards from 79 nominations they've received 16 brit awards nominations received the best alternative music album award three times at the grammys for okay computer kid a and in rainbows um, they got the best art direction for their there at the mtv video music awards they got the Q Music Best Act in the World today in 2001, 2002, and 2003. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2019, and they're the most nominated act in Mercury Prize history, having been nominated five times. Wow. So Bloody underachievers. Bloody underachievers. Mm. One of those bands that's big, and everybody seems to accept that they're big. And like them anyway. Yes. Cool. So, having completed their contract with EMI... They then were like, were, they just sort of messed around a little bit. And then they came up with In Rainbows, which is where we went into you, Grant. Yes. And we're on uh, the basis on which this um, um, trio was formed, mm-hmm. some may say. So it was the first album they released as Pay What You Want, Download. They oh. basically have done that for all their albums since then. Um, they released, there was a physical release through XL Recordings and TBD Records. Mm-hmm. Tell and us about uh, In Rainbows. Tell us about how you, <laughs> how did you encounter In Rainbows? Because the stuff on that didn't make a lot of radio airplay. No, not no. that Hail to the Thief did either. But Triple J picked up a little bit of that stuff. But yeah. So I suppose the story behind it is I migrated to Australia in March of 2006, and had a um, a friend who'd mentioned In Rainbows in. 0708 work colleague and I was like radio and again my gap is you know sort of okay computer a bit but the bends what's happening here and mm-hmm. I listen to this and I'm like it's almost like I, I had missed that whole you know breakup period yeah. there where we, we could have broken up but we didn't mm-hmm. um, and I just loved it to be honest it's not one of the few albums where from the beginning I'm like okay well it's a bit unusual and it's just got this wonderful I feel mix from um, the opening track to to the end. Mm-hmm. And nothing I would have, again, to pigeonhole Radiohead is almost is unfair yeah. um, and virtually impossible. But from um, from 15 step, it, off it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a frustrating range that we know George yeah. can <laughs> in the main, um, you know, pull off in <laughs> pubs. And, and, and I've actually bought this CD... Twice. Okay. Why um, Well, in an interesting um, slash disappointing turn of events, um, the original was stuck in the car of my ex-partner, my ex-wife. Yep. And I, we in the in the splitting of of assets, I couldn't eject <laughs> in rainbows <laughs> from the compact display of the car. Right. And I was. Very sad, as one can imagine, because this is like right, right up there with a flawless album. Um, and so I had to go out and buy again, um, which is what you... So Tom and the boys, you know, I've, I do... Well, I had two two versions of this. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much... It's been a staple for um, 
a significant period of time since then, basically. Since I probably I probably heard it in 08. Cool. Um, and yeah, didn't get radio play, but yeah. Um, have I've, I've got there were there were two copies of it in my nice <laughs> yeah. in your life. Yeah, there were. Yeah, George. And, mm, sorry. Uh, did you, uh, had you ever heard in rainbows um, listen to it in full before? No, not in full. Um, I'd heard Jigsaw falling into place. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I put the album on, I was like, oh, yeah, I know this one. Because um, that one kind of almost, to me, harked back to the OK Computer era. Yeah. So it felt really familiar. Whereas um, putting in rainbows on, I was like, oh, OK, we're on this journey again. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, <laughs> like the, the modern Radiohead. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're doing all their modern stuff. But um. When it started with 15 Step, um, it immediately starts with like uh, fun drums. Yeah. And when I was investigating that, um, they said that they wanted it to sound like um, a Peaches track. And I love Peaches. Nice. Um, so she has a song called Fuck the Pain Away. Mm-hmm. And they wanted it to have that kind of sound. Um, nice. So um, I was like instantly hooked. Um, but like the vocals are really sing-songy um, on 15 Step. Um, and there's lots of lifts and I, so I was like, yes. okay, um, there's groovy bass as well. Mm. So it's not just like I'm a bass in mm-hmm. the background, it's groovy bass. Um, so yeah, so it, I started with there and worked my way through the album and, um, we're only on 10 tracks, um, for this one and, um, at what, 42 minutes mm-hmm. and I, yeah, just hammered it out a fair few times over the last few weeks since we've been talking about this episode so yeah. um, overall my first impressions were yep i'm gonna give this a good hard crack thank you very much nice mm, cool so i'm assuming liam you'd heard this. who owns the whole whole back catalog basically from, from I, I had heard it and when i was listening to it again I, I was like oh yeah i remember this song goes this way and this song goes that way this came out when i was working at fast ladder and doing a lot of reviews and that sort of stuff there and I remember at the time on the forums, people were saying, like, this is the best Radiohead album that they've put out. Like, pe- people who's not just, like, randoms on the forum, but people whose musical tastes I respect yes. were like, this is their best album. Don't worry, you know, Kid A and Amesiac were great, but this is the one where they almost nailed what they were going for with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool. So I had I remember listening to it at the time, and I think it combines the rock and the digital side again, but not... In a, in a more substantive way like it's not just here's the rock song here's the digital song which uh, Hail to the Thief tends to do so I didn't hear the rock side of it that I was listening for and kind of went okay well I'm not really that invested in it and I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it so I did listen to it I remember listening to it and buying it because it was you know I, paid, I think I paid 10 bucks or something to throw it on there Yeah. but not ever being as invested in it as I was in their earlier stuff in Hail to the Thief so yeah as I was listening to it and now when I was coming back, I was like, okay, so now I'm listening to it more in that listening for the, the similarities between Hail to the Thief and figuring out where they were going to go. And I, yeah, I really loved it and like really fo- think you do need to focus on it. Like it's not the sort of thing that you can just have on in the background and really get into. Yeah, You I'll really need you to that. be listening to it and sure. figuring out the levels and even like I had to look up most of the lyrics because it's not always easy to understand what he's saying. Yeah. But doing that, you you get that same feel of like it's, just those, those inner thoughts and looking at the world around him and doing yeah, just doing it really well. In Body Snatchers, which has heart, um, that <laughs> guitar is so muffy and That's dirty. Awesome. Um, but like the drums feel really like clean and real. You know how because sometimes they use drum machines and like, they put loads of synth sounds in. But that was like real percussion and there's all these fun 
O's and O's. Um, and this was the one that had me going, oh, this sounds like um, a Queens of the Stone Age kind of track, mm-hmm. Body Snatchers. And you yeah. them more uh, than... It was, yeah, it was really yeah. awesome. <laughs> I really do. He, he talked about, Tom York talked about this album being less angry and political. So the first House of the Thief was very political in as much as it could be from them. And this was more internal and introverted. But that can't include Body Snatchers because this is like this raucous, angry, him throwing himself around track. And I think like it's almost like if you had Hail to the Thief had 2 plus 2 equals 5 as the opener and then led into this one as its second track, like it would just fit perfectly well. Like it just that fuzziness of it, the pure rock side of it, I think it would be all, you know, switch mm. them around or whatever, would have worked really well. It would have been amazing. And then into Nude, which is like this dreamy... Just one more thing on Body Snatchers. Sure. Awesome lyric. So once again, just that, you know, very direct, you know, authority sucks, Mm is off. Yeah, really cool. But yes, nude. Very. So you haven't heard Kid A and Amnesiac? I couldn't name a track. If you like nude, you'll love those albums because I think that nude would fit right alongside on one of those albums. Just beautiful open spaces, Mm. crafting those sounds with the instrumentation. It's really cool. Yeah, it harks back to like the old like nineties Massive Attack sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. It's like if you think about like teardrop or something yes. like that, it's just those kind of like. That's Kid A and Amusek. Yeah, mm. like some that just from sure. that era was really lovely. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think there was some lyrics in there of. Just like um, nudity and bridal imagery mm-hmm. and stuff of being painted up white, but still finding that there was an absence that was not going to get fulfilled. And there was, which is like, I don't know if it's because I'm engaged and I'm looking for ways out of it. Yeah. And, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that, it just. A real raw sharp painting of a song, you reckon? Yeah, mm. <laughs> maybe. I'm not actually no. trying to get out of <laughs> no. it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a really, really pretty thing for him that to was, put in. That was the second single, in as much as they were yeah. still releasing singles. Yeah. I don't know if they were actually doing CD singles. But I do know Radiohead, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they were one of the bands who were very big. We talked about Muse doing it as well on Japan releases and special editions for. Japan only singles and stuff like that, but yeah, very nude, very unusual choice for a single. I wouldn't mm. have picked it. If no, I was not at all. Pick two songs. I would have gone with. I'm definitely Jigsaw. I would have gone with Body Snatchers as the other single Absolutely. if I'd known. But then I think Jigsaw and Body Snatchers might. If if you're trying to tell people this is what's on the album, which is what singles were traditionally supposed to, yes. you know, listen to these. And if you like that, buy the album. If you if you listen to Jigsaw and Body Snatchers and go, oh, I'll buy the album because it's more like that, you'd you'd probably be disappointed. You'd be piss, pissing people yeah, off that's for true. sure. But I mean, there's all, I mean, I've got Reckoner, like flipping. I think it's a great track as well. Mm-hmm. Um, potential s- single, but yeah. You know. Yeah. So Reckoner, once again, it's got that trip hoppy stuff. So like your massive attack style, mm-hmm. big mm. orchestral elements as well. Um, yeah. Cuts out with like for these like really dark, intense vocals and harmonizing guitar part. And it's, yeah, just really cool. 
And then we have uh, House of Cards, which is a jaunty little number. Mm. It's like really indie with like wood blocks and like both strings being played. And like, like choruses of sound. And there's like so much experimenting with the effects and harmonies. And like to, um, on House of Cards, I, 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 I was like listening to it going, do I like it? Do I not like it? Do I like the song? And <laughs> every time I listened to it, I was unsure if I liked the song oh, or not. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. It was just like the layers worked this time, but the layers didn't work next time. So yeah. I was like having like <laughs> wow, a little, um, food, yeah, a little I journey. I like the lyrics. What's it? Forget about your House of Cards and I'll do mine. Mm-hmm. That's a cool lyric. <laughs> like just, but one man's opinion. Mm. Mm. Um, I really love weird fishes slash arpeggio. So I had to look up what arpeggio meant. Does people know? No, I did, I've never looked it up. The scale. Um, oh well, so what it means specifically is arpeggio is a scale. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, the sounding of the tones of a chord in rapid succession rather than simultaneously. So it's so instead of strumming a chord, you pick the notes of the chord one after okay. the other. Oh, look at you go. Um, and then a chord played or sung in this manner. So I think they kind of, it's. Um, it reminded me of R.E.M.'s Ebo the Letter. Oh, yes. Where the name of the song is The Letter and they play the instrument, the Ebo, on it. So they just called it Ebo the Letter. I guess like in, in a draft thing somewhere, maybe they played a version without the Ebo and they had to try and remember which one was a version, which one was what. So they were like, this is the guitar, the letter. And this is Ebo the letter, and they kept that one. I'm like that sounds yeah. cool. <clears throat> so yeah, I think it's it uses a pat a thing that they do throughout, less so in the bends, but definitely in the later ones, which is just repetitive. That repetitive, like the same vocal line or the same guitar or the same synth bit, just repeated over and over as as a way to create a space, which I think works really well. And in Weird Fishes, it's uh, I'll hit the bottom, hit the bottom, and escape. Mm-hmm. That's how he gets out. So I think that one, I thought for me, that one was like, um, you guys know the anglerfish, which is the one they find all the way down at the very, very bottom of the oceans, which has the light on it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they all come to the light and it turns out the light is actually a thing that's going to kill them. Stay away from the light. Because I think he talks about at the start that he's he's following something, looking for meaning. And I think that's like the weird fishes is like these crazy fishes fishes we Mm. find at the bottom of the ocean that look horrific. Mm. And then he's got some creepy vocals in Faust. Harp mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the acoustic guitar and strings. Then there's like a sweet lift that the vocals are constant. Um, but the guitar picking in that one is really beautiful, and I love the strings. So um, that was a really nice one. It was only two minutes long. Yeah. So that was that was like the I will on Hail to the Thief, just mm. like a short, sharp mm. vocals on one guitar piece and a little something else as well. But just like a little idea for a song that they're like, yeah, it's en- it's enough to have it, but we don't need to flesh it out any more than that. Any other double text grant with your Look, album? I mean, I've, I've proposed this floor to so, say um, Jigsaw falling into place is obviously on the, mm. radio, the radio one, which I wasn't actually aware of. I hadn't looked up that um, that, that hard into it. Uh, I, I, I probably like the what, – what resonated me most with, with this album was the flow catches you mm-hmm. uh, like unaware. It doesn't – like to go 15-step body snatches – you know, nude, and then weird fish is all I need, which is also like, like this sort of mellow track, fast off, and then you've got reckoner, which is like you're thinking, where's this journey going, and um, just keeps you on your toes. So mm-hmm. no, I've, I don't really have anything 
Alstroman videotape, which is a very love, somber love videotape. Really? Yeah. Hey? yeah. Just um, piano led. Yeah. So that reminds me of um, Pyramid Song from Amnesiac, which is piano led as well. So I like know that one. Yeah. know that one. But yeah. And then, but the percussion, the, the tape. It's challenging. Tape deck percussion, it is. It's really. It's a challenging. It's like thing. the old, like, and not old school tapers in VHS, but like old school, like on a reel. Yeah. Things that like they're clicking off one and they're clicking onto the other and it's clicking off one and it's, mm, it's just. Yeah. Really, and it just really go, and disconcerting. It goes and it's and on the offbeat. Go, yeah. The sec- yeah, the second beat of each one is on an offbeat, which is really, yeah. It's so cool. It's a big way to close. Like, I felt like I listened to this one in prep, obviously, again. And I was like, hey, is this the way that I want this to end again? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but this is almost like the modus operandi. It's a, you, you take this journey and it isn't, you know, street spirit fade out is, is, is not a you know, happy way to end mm-hmm. and this is not a happy way to end yep and that's okay wolf, like that's, of the, wolf of the door is not a happy way to end exactly yeah. you yeah. know um so then i was like no we're cool we're yeah. fine so but in keeping with this being our 100th episode he sings this is my way of saying goodbye because i can't do it face to face i'm talking to you before mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're coming back yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah we're coming we're back, back. Yeah. Um, I love the la- the very last lyric of the album, which is. Because that sounds like an ha- that sounds like a happy, uplifting, optimistic lyric, but the way he sings it and the way it's delivered and the what the song that it's on and the album that it's on is not. No, it's not no. that at all. It's just. Yeah, I love it. Defying expectations. Very much so. And the first, cool. the first big album or big group, I suppose, to say, pay what you want. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, and that was certainly intriguing for me. And back mm. in, to, you know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Like, what do you mean? Like, how do you even do that? Yeah. Like, I can't understand. But it, there, I mean, I will say. So yeah, the thing I will say is that because there was a lot of hullabaloo around that at the time. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, because that was also when music piracy was probably, uh, you know, super huge. Like we probably had Spotify by then, but it was still really a really big thing and a really big conversation piece about should we stop it? And then they released that and they were like, oh, and they're all the other people who wanted, who wanted to keep pirating were like, see, Radiohead can do it. So yeah, Radiohead built a supporter base of millions of people. Millions. When Radiohead goes out and goes, pay what you want for our album, a million people will pay $5 for it and... You're done. Yeah. Most done. bands can't afford to do, although a lot of bands still do to give their stuff away for free. Mm-hmm. You can't just go, well, it works for Radiohead, therefore it should work no. for the entire industry. It's not going to, no. it's just not applicable. Correct. No, not at all. <sighs> George, any other thoughts about yes. In Rainbows before we jump to our final set of pitches? Uh, no, I think we've covered off all the tracks that I've got my little hearts on. So cool. we, are, we are good to go. Okay. Well, awesome. it's, you are up with you. You've arranged the notes across in, the in, lounge on the different chronolo- songs. We'll do chronological again. Yeah, so sure. We'll go back to George for the final pitch for in bends, in bends, the, the bends, bends. <laughs> in the ben, in bends, and the rainbow. Yes. Um, um, go for it. Okay, so the bends went four times platinum in the UK, which is phenomenal. 
It is an album that stands the test of time. People are still listening to it today. They're still harking back and covering the songs. They're doing karaoke in the valley right now of songs off this album. Mm -hmm. Because even though it came out in 95, people are singing high and dry. And they're really trying to hit those notes. And they're really not hitting those notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Substantial amount of failing. Absolutely. And as we said, we have seven of the tracks turned out to be singles from a 12-track album in 95 when they were, like, hanging off a creep, like, literally the self-deprecating creep weirdo um, Mm. of Pablo Honey. Um, They brought in string arrangements that they actually, um, Johnny and Tom, helped to organise the string arrangements for this album. Um, they brought in people specifically for the cello, viola and violin so that they didn't have to use synthesizers for everything. And they wrote perfect songs and you can go from Planet Telex all the way through to Street Spirit and you can enjoy every song on its own. You can enjoy it as the journey that they've placed it from start to finish. You can put it on shuffle or you can put it on shuffle with every other album that you own in your like device right now and you will say that's from the bends and you'll just know it. So that's why when we said Radiohead, I had to say the bends. That's my titch. Nice. That's mm. why I think it's flawless. Awesome. Your, the pitches have got a lot better, huh? Yeah. I guess it's a great pitch. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> it wasn't awesome. prepared. I was just speaking from the heart. Well, and is it, maybe that's a lesson for us all. You know? Very good. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, Grant. Grant. What about me? Final thoughts on the bends and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Look, it's it's weird. And, and it's weird to talk of an album that's 20-something plus years old, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, that I first held in you know, in a different country at school and you were appreciate much younger i wanted um I'll, i listened to it with to declare it a desire to make it not flawless because i think <laughs> it is flawless and i i, I wanted it to it's not the, the australian tall poppy thing you want like no not even no like because i it's I've listened to it so much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I haven't listened to Health of Thief at all, nearly, and even in Rainbows, nearly as much. Like, this is um, iconic almost for that period. So I have to say, of course, that it is flawless, absolutely. Um, it, it's it's just a wonderful, wonderful album. I listened all the way, you know, I get to Black Star and I'm like, yes, and I want Sulk to be, and it's not. And then I want to <laughs> yeah, not Sulk, like... Sulk, we didn't get to talk about, but it's still amazing. It yeah, is. It is, it is amazing. Yeah. Like... Sherbet, and I've tried to play high and dry on the guitar, and my my, my range might just be a little bit low. <laughs> you get it, um, but it's an amazing album, and it is absolutely flawless. So thank you. Um, nothing more to say, really. Cool. Liam, on your way, bud. Come yeah, on, bring it. So I'm gonna. Um, people, a lot of people don't like Pablo Honey. People who got to Radiohead through OK Computer or the Benz listen to that and go, well, it's not that. It's not the bends and it's not okay computer, so I don't like it. I like Pablo Honey because it's five kids from uni fucking around on guitars. Like they're they're still at that point they're still a pub band. They've got Creep yep. as a big hooky single, mm-hmm. but at that point they're still a pub band. How they became the Benz era Radiohead two years later, I will never understand. Because they're still it's mostly still just the five instrument five pieces of the instruments, two guitars, a bass, a singer and a and a drummer. But these songs are just, there's nothing like them. It's a quantum leap. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's just, 
they're using the same instruments that everybody else is using. They're, they're doing roughly the same song construction. There's a lot of verse, chorus, verse, chorus stuff Straight on this album. Yeah. But the way they bring it together and the layers that they use is just amazing. And I'm just like, I'll just cut to the end and it's absolutely flawless. Because, <laughs> yes, it and, is. And I nearly blurted it out before because I've been listening to this album constantly for like the last 20 years. Yeah. And now again, it just comes up and I go, oh yeah, listen to that. I just go, holy fuck. It's just, I, I don't understand how they make it so great as just the same they're using the same pieces that everybody else has but they're just so brilliant at all the pieces that they just it becomes an, a different kind of experience and that's why like yeah you're right listen to it beginning to end I think it might be unique among our flawless albums in that the order is important but also not important you could just shuffle it and it's just an amazing yeah that's a good point Street Spirit probably has to be last but you can probably put a couple of other songs up first and open with like a different riff and it would still just be amazing so yeah 100% false. <gasps> Jeez. I might cry. Yeah. Cry, do I might it. Have a That's cry. okay. Cool. On to Hell to the Thief. Oh, on to Hell to the Thief. One for one. So we've, um, we're, we're, we've been running this is a super long episode, so I won't go into a huge amount of detail. I've talked about all the stuff that I love about it. I really, really love the idea that it, they've got these two sides to them their rock side and their, what I call their analog and their digital side. Okay. And in all their previous albums, that's sort of um, they're exploring different sides of those two spaces, but usually a bit separately. And this is the first one where they bring those sides together. And some of the songs they don't jam them together like digital and analog, like it's either a rock song or it's the more synthy song. But I still love all the songs that are on there. I love Hail to the, I love Two Plus Two Equals Five. I love the opening and sit down, yeah. and stand up, like the big crescendo that it comes into that we didn't get to talk about. Love the back half with Punch Up at a Wedding, the slow hand claps of. Like just taking all these elements that belong in individual Radiohead songs and really playing with them and using them. I think his vocals have worked really, really well. I think it's amazing, again, that it's still just the same five guys using those same five pieces that everybody else uses as well. And then finishing on a wolf at the door with that horn and this and the noise going up and down works just amazingly. So like I said, Ben's is probably my favorite Radiohead album, but I think this one gets overlooked by a lot of people, including the band, and I don't care that they said that they don't <laughs> like it as much. They're wrong. I still think it's a flawless album and there's nothing that I would cut if I was listening to it all the way through. Awesome. Nice. Go the other grant. Sure. Again, Final thoughts first, on Health of Thief and thumbs first up one or thumbs down. I, um, look, Health of Thief, I, I hadn't heard at all. Like nothing. So I feel like I'm underdone in terms of the sheer volume that you've gone through mm-hmm. in, in, um, in getting yourself to this point. That said, having listened to it now, I was like, there is an area... Um, or an air, forgive me, of familiarity around a lot of the stuff having referenced it earlier. There's, there is, I didn't have that little breakup period. So I um, I look down here and there's double ticks like all over the shop, man. And it and it's not, it's it's almost like the you know the precursor to to my you know my proposed album, whereby it challenges you and it's there's familiar, but I'm going to push you here or I'm going to push you there, and the 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 the, the um reference to digital and analog or however you want to call it um is probably very appropriate so i loved it i've got a i've got flawless fun done easy cool um thank you and uh i really yeah i really enjoyed it. i've made a lot more notes than i normally make and um yeah it was great so thank you awesome flawless done awesome. easy awesome okay cool. so 
Um, I went on a real journey with this album because I came from amnesiac and like left everything. Yeah, for a never while. hit it. <laughs> and like, and then kind of like missed everything. And and then, you were sad. Uh, yeah, and then I was like, oh, okay, here we are. So I was like really grateful that albums were put forward. That I was like, I'm listening to Radiohead again. Yeah, like uh, new ones, and they weren't all making me cry. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was really cool. So there are hearts and hearts and hearts all over here. But what was interesting is. Um, when Tom talked about like feeling rushed, there was just one song, and I really hate doing this, but there was <laughs> one song. Which um, one? Mm, which one? Ah, uh, okay. No, it, it was backdrift. I couldn't hook it. Like there was nothing for me to like get my little hooks into in mm. that. Not even um, the piano solo. No, it just um it there's a soundscape and it was like. It was really nice, but like there was nearly five and a half minutes, and I needed it to like pair back and move in, or I needed to jump from, and I wanted to just go straight to go to sleep because go to sleep that Americana guitar. I just mm. I knew that was coming up next, and Did I was you? Just like, I'm like I'm <laughs> waiting for that, waiting for that little bad boy. So, um, I can see what why the band think it and as an album that I think it's fucking incredible um, and um, I've got that one little gripe but there's nothing else I would change about a thing so I think it's cool. awesome so thank you for bringing it to me no problem at all <gasps> lucky oh. last lucky right. last final pitch for In Rainbows look 2007 album In Rainbows um, I-, I thought the challenging album they broke up for the EMI as you've referenced mm-hmm. this first one there's a whole lot of hype about Pay what you want for it, and this I, was, sorry, this was one of the ones where they went tried to work with a different producer mm-hmm. and did a little bit of work with them and just couldn't they couldn't get the vibe, so they yep. went back to Nigel Godric. And um, you know, 10, 10 songs, forty two minutes. It's it's different in in terms of the flow from from certainly from um, from the bends. It's not as as straighty one eighty. I feel as that it's a bit of a challenging listen, and I think. As an album, it's got something for everyone. Mm-hmm. From that opening track where he is up there in his range to videotape at the end, which can be a challenge to listen to, I think it's got something for everyone. And for that reason, I, I think it's flawless. So, cool. George. George, please. Hello. Okay, so um, I found In Rainbows way more accessible than I expected it to be. Okay. Um, Because I listened to Hell to the Thief first. Mm -hmm. And so I listened to it in Rainbows and I found it way more accessible. And 15 steps started and I was like, yep, I like this. And then (laughs) Body Snatchers started and I'm like, yep, I like this. Then Nude caught me by surprise. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what are we doing here, boys? Mm -hmm. Where are we going? going? Um, But I was like, no, you're the third track. So we've got. We've got our big two numbers at the beginning, then we've got a third track, and then you're taking me on a journey, and you're taking me on a journey in 42 minutes, and there's nothing I'd take out, um, and there's nothing I'd put in, there's nothing I'd move around. So for me, In Rainbows is an album that I would deem flawless, and will be going on my, like, Record, really? record player for cool. sure. Nice. So, yeah, so nice. I, it was really cool. And also, I love rainbows in general, and I'm quite disappointed that I have not listened <laughs> to this album before. And it doesn't actually have a song called In Rainbows. About rainbows. In 
they're, mm-hmm. they're too op- they're too optimistic. Rambo's making well, people happy, and that's, yeah. not, that's not what we're about here at Radiohead. No, 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 no. Um, Liam, yes. over to you, sir. So, I found this album good, frustratingly good, <laughs> because what a I'd heard. I remember I described it before. I'd heard heard the album, and then I was like, I did, it didn't really stick with me because I was like, I'm still on Hail of the Thief. I'm still on that. So then I was, I didn't really gel into it. And then when we were talking, but that's four about, years later, man. I know. But I was still like on you ha- stuck four I years st- ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so when we were like, you know, I'm thinking when I'm thinking, how am I going to pitch the Hail to the Thief to you guys? And I'm talking about it's the album where they mix analog and digital. You know, they take their two sides and they merge them together. And I'm listening to In Rainbows, and I'm like, no, this is the album where they get their two sides to merge together. Hmm. Hail to the Thief is the one where they switch between analog and digital a lot. This is the one where they actually, like, there are songs on this album, we talked about them, that fit on every album from their past career. There's songs on this that belong on, could go on OK Computer. There's songs on this that sure. could go straight into Kid Aramisiac. There's almost like a body snatches, you could almost put it back on the bends. Like, there's songs all the way through mm. this that just fit. And so I was just like listening through it going, I love this hook, I love that hook. And it's just like, it took the thing that I wanted Hail to the Thief to be and like took it to the next level. Which I was like, well, if it's that, then there's no way I couldn't say that it was flawless. So of course, absolutely, in rainbows is flawless. Yes, Great. on the hundredth episode. <laughs> Stop it! Jeez, shake my hand. Hundredth, hundredth episode. episode, and for the for those listeners who may have missed one or two, this is the first time that Granty's <laughs> got one across the line. And don't wow. you deserve it, young yeah. man? You worked, you worked hard, and it was it was the same thing. It was like wow. feels like I don't want to give Grant his first one on the Radiohead album because oh, it's like on his know, cherry. It's the the pitching the albums that everybody loves, but it's just it's an amazing mm. album that I Thank was able you. to discover for the first like to really understand. And we um we went out to Roma a couple of weeks ago, yes. so I had I had Radiohead stuff on in the car, and I was just like. Mm-hmm. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. No, wait. This is flawless, and there's nothing you could change or take out or be different. Like it's just wow. Yeah. And I like that you talked about challenging, but just in all the right ways. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you for Jeez. thank you for bringing it and nominating. I'm gonna crack it. another beer now because yeah. of that one. Thank so, you. Hail to the ben, hail the bends across the line. Yes. Hail to the thief, not quite in rainbows across the line. Two out of three ain't bad. Any other final thoughts before we sign off for our 100th episode? Um, I think Radiohead should be uh, proud of themselves tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. I think they've done a cracking job. Yes. Um, Thank you. They, um, they're about to finally get some of the recognition they deserve. After yeah, like for all those listeners out there who have never heard of Radiohead before, this is a really good opportunity to um, get stuck into some of their seminal yes. work. And there Absolutely. might be some people out there who haven't, and in which case you'll have heard some musical samples from across the spectrum when we talked about the different styles. So the cool thing about Radiohead is you can go and find an album that suits the style of stuff that you like. To you listen really to. could. So you really could. Yeah, go and give it a listen. Enjoy, guys. All right. Thank you, George and Grant, for 100 episodes of Awesomeness. We will be back in the new year for 100 episodes more. And a very special thanks. Special thanks, I forgot to say at the start, to all our guests, for everyone who's come on and hung out with us at the State Library in George's room at Garden mm. City. All the places guests have been willing to come. The ones who've come in from overseas as well. Thank you very much to everybody. It's been a real pleasure doing the podcast with everybody. Humbling. Yes. And we look forward to another 100 episodes 
starting next year. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those, so you can check us out there. Leave us a rating. Every little bit you do helps us to find more music lovers like you, especially if you can share our posts for these special 100th episodes. That would be awesome. And, of course, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash flawlessamp. So check us out there if you can. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.